Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. Um, first one of 2023. I'm not going to say Happy New Year. I had uh, somebody tell me that today on the 12th of January. And I don't want to get too in the weeds on my thoughts on Happy New Year, but don't need it on the 12th. I think I'm good. Had 11 days to process the calendar change. I've already written it down a couple times in places, so I'm good. Uh, but if uh, nobody said it to you recently, I hope you have an awesome 2023. Uh, I've got a fun podcast to start the year with. Uh, Marina Alex, one of my favorite people in professional golf and a winner on the LPGA last season, joined to just chat about her year and just kind of a whole bunch of random stuff, Twitter and DoorDash and a whole bunch of different things. So I think you're going to enjoy that. And then on the back end of this, my buddy, my best friend, the man, the myth, Rusty Reynolds, jumps on the podcast to just go over my big golf trip of the year. 16 buddies, early January. We start the year off the right way on vacation, and we go on a golf trip to southern Arizona. And uh, I made Rusty jump on to just kind of discuss the reason we love the trip so much and why it's a lot of our favorite trip of the year. And told a couple stories from it. And uh, listen, I did it mostly so you guys could listen to Rusty Reynolds. That's the main reason that this was a part of the podcast. So I think you're going to enjoy that. Like I said, Marina Alex to start, Rusty on the back end. Uh, if you have not purchased the Golfer's Zoo, the children's golf book I wrote, do that in 2023. That is your new resolution. You're going to buy the Golfer's Zoo for yourself or someone you know that's having a child soon. Uh, you can go to back9press.com backslash bacon and order a copy. I appreciate the support, and thank you all so much for that. And um, these parts are going to get a bit busier. You're going to see more episodes here at the Get a Grip podcast and uh, more guests, different guests, and uh, some recap shows after some of the big Sunday events. So uh, keep the feed a-rockin', and I think you're going to enjoy what we have coming your way in 2023. And I'll have some other announcements in and around some work stuff over the next few weeks and next few months. For now, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Have a great weekend, and we will be back next week. Okay. You have to say you're allowing that to be a thing. Got it. Okay. So did you it, – it's recording. Way to go. See, there you yep. go. Okay. We did it, we did it right. <laughs> That's uh, Marina Alex, by the way. This is the, the, the most informal introduction to the podcast ever. Uh, 40th ranked golfer in the world. So there's not really rankings in anything else except for individual sports. Like the NFL ranks teams, but, I mean, yeah. you really – it's not really till the end of the season, right, Till we say you were the best team. Is it ever weird to think that of the billions of people on earth, you're the 40th best at something? I know it is. It is a very weird thing. And then I think as golfers and, you know, competitive athletes, you're constantly like, oh, is 40th, you know, that good? Because you're like, oh, I want to be number one in the world. Like those are your professional goals. And like, that's what you're working towards. So when your ranking drops and at one point last year, you know, it was probably in somewhere in the sixties. And I was just like, oh, this is so disappointing. But then when you say it like that, it's like, no, you're still like one of the best golfers on planet earth like, uh, like it it is it, you have a number i mean there is literally yeah. a number assigned to you to tell you how good you are at this game i, I wrote down that your golf twitter's ombudsman and then i said maybe ombudswoman um i feel like anytime uh you respond to something from a big brand uh it's typically pointing things out do you feel yeah. like that's a part of your kind of golf legacy is making sure 
accounts are remembering the women's side? Yeah. And sometimes I get a little fired up about certain things, but I feel like, and I, I hate to be that, oh, here she goes again, like planning about something. But I do think there is some merit sometimes to the tweets that I throw out there. I try not to tweet unless I really feel like it, it has some value to it. Like it's going to draw attention to something and it may not always necessarily be positive feedback or, or positive attention. I just think sometimes, you know, pointing out some of the inconsistencies, you know, on both sides of the game, you know, it, it, if it can help educate someone into knowing something a little bit differently, then I've done my job, even though I probably get a ton of hate for it, but it's, <laughs> it's okay. What do you think your percentage of hit send or publish versus percentage of delete tweet? Like There's how many, I've how many, there, yeah, how many deleted? sometimes I'll like, I'll stew on one and I'll go yeah. back to it. Save drafts. Like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not going to get sent. <laughs> I, would, I would love it. That would be a great project <laughs> to uncover project. the, uh, the save draft tweets under like yeah, famous people's Twitter accounts. Yeah, as long as we have like no um, cancellations of these people based on what they might or may not have tweeted. Like it's, it's a fine line because next thing you know, you say something wrong and you're, you know, people are out for blood. You are out. I have a very easy first question for you. Sure. What do male media members like myself continue to get wrong? What, what do we What do we get wrong on a consistent basis, in your opinion? I think um, it, in some ways, just the skill sets are a little, um, I feel like they're misrepresented. You know, the men's game is grossly long. I mean, these guys hit it so, so far. And I just think what most people don't understand unless they're watching women's golf consistently. And as you watch it more, you start to understand, we just don't hit it very far relative to the length of course that we play. So there's a lot more longer clubs into holes that I think if you were to take an average PGA tour and an average LPGA tour player, what, what clubs are you hitting into a green? Ours are probably a lot longer clubs. And I think that there's a lot of uh, there should be more credit where credit is due and how well these women play from these distances. And I just think that's like something that most fans, unless you pay attention, they just don't know that. I was, uh, I was caddying for my friend Irene years ago, yeah. like in Arkansas. And um, I don't know who, I remember who a comedian was, but he like came out on the range and oh. every player kind of turned their attention to the comedian. might've been George Lopez okay. and everybody kind of paid attention to George Lopez. And I'm, you know, I'm in my, my mid to late twenties and the other side of the range was this young girl. It was Lexi. I didn't know who yeah. it was at the time, but I remember watching her. She was hitting three irons and she's hitting yeah. these like sky high drawing three irons. And I remember just being beside myself at how incredible it was and how piercing they were and how far they were going. And as I spent time kind of caddying and being around the LPGA, to your point, I was shocked at how many times it'd be a par three and it'd be like a six iron or a seven iron, not yeah. a wedge, or how many yeah. approach shots it's an eight iron and not a wedge. And to your point, if you're one of the longer players on the PGA Tour, I mean, you're probably hitting six or seven wedges a day in yeah, a tournament and you're, round. And you're reaching every par five into, right. you know, and a lot of our setups, unless you are like Lexi and in that, like, I would say 5% of total driving and all that you're probably not and even then your driver three would you know it's never like I never sit on a par five and like oh I'm gonna hit seven iron in today like, right so stoked for that <laughs> it's like no I'm gonna hit driver three wood and then seven iron yeah I'll have a seven third iron third. third it'll be the third swing um how is how would you describe 22 I mean you obviously got your second PGA great. tour win yeah and I mean it seemed like a, a really kind of 
big year. It seemed like a bit of a coming out party for you. Yeah. You know, um, and I've explained this a little bit, the COVID year was like weird for everyone. Um, and then I kind of was like, it doubled back to like with a bit of an injury setback. So I kind of got into like spring of 21 and I hadn't really played much competitive golf in pretty much a year. Um, I think I'd from 2020 to March to March, I think I'd played like six tournaments, which is wild. Crazy. Like looking at my total life of like how many golf tournaments I played that it was just really bizarre. So it took a while to get back into the competitive flow of things. And then I ended up linking up with Claude Harmon and we were changing some stuff in my swing. So it was like kind of like a lot of things happening in 21 and I played okay, but it was just, there were, you know, changes and getting back to being comfortable playing, you know, many weeks in a row, stuff like that. So I think 22 is just a product of like all the things that happened in 21 that they're not glamorous, but it kind of helps you kind of move along and get to that next phase and step of, of your career. And I'm hoping there's some more to build on that, you know, even going into this year. You know, age is such a weird thing. Like I, I turned yeah. 39 late last year and I've, I've finally gotten to the point where I'm not the young person yeah, doing I golf broadcasting. Now. And I was reading a lot of your quotes about the win and you really talked a lot about your age and feeling old. And I looked it up. I mean, you're 32 years old, yeah. but in terms of the LPGA, 32 it's the back end of a career it, 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 for, it for a lot of players. What yeah. is it like being a 30 year old on the LPGA tour? It's different. It's kind of cool. I mean, like there's so many young players out there. So it kind of keeps you like mentally, spiritually young, you know, you're right. like, Oh, like what are the cool things that like all the 20 year olds are into now and like TikTok and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> Can <laughs> you show I, me how to do this yeah, on my phone? Um, so like mentally, I feel like I'm not really 32 in that regard, but you know, the day to day and the, and the working out and the practice and the travel and like all that physical that goes into the week in, week out, like your body starts to catch up with you and you play tricks with yourself. You still think, I still think sometimes I'm like in my, you know, early to like mid twenties and I can just like go hard, you know, like whether that's like take a trip, see my friends, go have a great time, like pack up a suitcase, travel to the tournament, like don't sleep that much. Like all those things that like, I can't really do as much anymore. I have to really kind of figure out a better um, schedule. I think I played like 23 or four events last year, which is, it's crazy. I, I need to too many? do better. Too many. Yeah. Okay. I had a great yeah. time at all of them, but I got done. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I am really wrecked. <laughs> that is. It, 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 it's interesting because I think so many golf people, and this kind of goes back to our initial talk about the way we talk about golf and so much of it is PGA tour bias. Mm. And I feel like we forget so much about the LPGA is this like yearning for an off season. And I feel like yeah. the LPGA players get a bit of an off season. Do you do. feel like you step away from the game? Yeah, um, I do. Like last year, I definitely had an off season. I mean, getting to play Hilton next week, our tournament champions, you know, that's amazing. And so it's, it kind of cut the off season, but it, it also didn't really, cause we have a bit of a break until we restart again. So I've kind of almost taken two little off seasons, gotcha. you know, um, I try and I want to play well next week. And I've kind of made that mistake where I'm like, okay, let me take a ton of time off and rest and recharge. But I'm not like, I don't come out guns hot. Usually it takes me like a few weeks to get back into the competitive <laughs> flow of things. And I'm like, wow, I'm really rusty. And I just, I felt like, you know, this year it's a great opportunity. Let's try to be a little bit more to the best that I can be like competitively ready to play as opposed to using it like as a tune-up event because there's nothing backed into this week. It's just this week. And then we have a month off. So I'm like, let me, let me gear up and like get ready and see what, what can happen. And then I'll shut it down again for a little bit. 
what what does that look like? Is that playing mini tour events? Is that, I mean, yeah. it, what are you doing to stay sharp in terms of tournament ready? I did a lot of random things. You know, I, I played the Australian Open at the very end of the season last year. So it kind of pushed me into um, finishing, you know, at the beginning of December, which I hadn't done in, in a really long time, which I think was good. Um, and then I just kind of got right back into it, you know, working with Claude. I played a couple um, pro members down in South Florida where I live. I played with Claude and the Floridian pro member. And then I played with do? the... Uh, we, it was not as to be expected. Okay. No, trophy. no trophy. No trophy. I got you. I got you. Um, I actually played a Palm Beach par three, uh, mini tour team event with Allison Walsh, which was hilarious. Nice. So did, Walsh, yes. you still got game? Yeah, still got game. Okay, good, um, good. and then just a couple like random pro-ams, just like something to keep, you know, the club in my hand and at least have some little bit of level of expectation for a golf game. Um, I just think it's just good to like keep it in like a close range of, you know, not getting too far away from practicing and playing and all that. Take a few days off here and there, but. I think the interesting thing about pro golfers is everybody assumes you guys just spend like six hours on the range every day. No, and not anymore. Yeah. It's, it's very no. strange that the more you like either become friendly with a pro golfer yeah. or know a little bit about their lives, that's, that's really not how you prep. No, I would say. Um, there are probably some players out there that are just addicted to that grind and they will beat, you know, 500 golf balls a day because bless their hearts. They can like, right. that's wonderful. <laughs> but majority of pros, once they get past, I would say like the five-year mark of their career, they're not doing that. It's a lot of wasted energy when you could be doing so many other things. The swing is not, you know, changing all that much. And I like to believe as we get older, we have a better sense of like how to do it, you know? Agreed. So I think, I think that the changes take a little bit less time to make if you're doing them efficiently in the right way. I think you can make them stick faster um, as opposed to when you're you know, like 12, 13, 14, there's so much to learn and you have like so much kinks to work out. It takes, you know, those hours on the range to get better. What is better about your golf game now than when you first started playing professional golf and you can't say everything by the way you have no, to actually I pick think, something I actually I do think like through um where I started you know my first uh like long-term coach on tour was um Ian Triggs out in Australia and you know I made a lot of changes with him and then I've made even more changes with Claude I just think I've become so much more consistent as a ball striker uh you know I I think those first few years, I depended a lot on my short game, you know, scrambling up and down, like needing lights out putting weeks to just like top 10 stuff like that. Um, I just, I never could string together four really like quality days where it wasn't like, I didn't feel like it was like a speed highlight reel of like just making bombs from everywhere and right. like chipping it like out of no man's land, you know, like he is just a magician like that. And it's super cool to watch, but it's exhausting to do that, you know, week in and week out. So I think being able to hit more greens and fairways, it just has afforded me better results. Also times exhausting to watch Jordan speed play golf. Like even it's just, <laughs> even if you're on your couch, sometimes you're like, how I'm are like, you, what is the score here? my anxiety levels go with him. I'm like watching him and I'm like, this is like stressing me out. <laughs> are you a, are you a golf watcher? Like, are oh, you, yeah. are you, I mean, I know you're a sports freak, but yeah, I love sports, but like golf and, and NFL are like my things. Um, you know, I just love, I, so I don't pay a ton of attention to golf in the fall. Um, okay. but once the NFL season's over, that's like my Sunday is golf day. Um, so it just kind of gets supplemented one for the other, but yeah. no, I'm a big time golf nerd. 
so when you're a golf nerd, when you meet these golf people, when you go yeah. to these, you know, it's a pro-am or like you said, yeah. it's a pro member. I mean, how are you able to kind of keep the nerdiness down to where the person knows you're not freaking out? Don't talk to them because I'm too awkward. Just say nothing. <laughs> yeah. say nothing. I just don't say anything. Yeah. Have you walked by a famous golfer before and said nothing? Is there something oh, yeah. you could? So, so. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm just like, whatever. I'm not going to talk to them unless they talk to me. <laughs> Are you like that with LPGA players? Have you had no, a moment no, no, like no. that? Okay. No, not no, at all. No, no, not at all. No, okay. Not at all. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just so not like in that world, you know, and like some, there's a lot of crossover friendships between LPGA and PGA Tour. I mean, like my best PGA Tour friend is Andre Gonzalez. Like okay. that's my homie. Like that, but that's like where I'm, you know, we're, we're pals and like whatever, but I think if like I ever like were to see Tiger Woods, I would like and like come close enough to talk to him, I'd probably have a mental breakdown. <laughs> I need to have you interview Jordan Speeth. That's what that I need. That would be I, fun. I need you just to sit down and ask him all the questions about his golf I would. game. I would love to. Um, after your win uh, last yes. year, and again, I mean, if if people haven't watched your press conference or read through it, it's excellent. I mean, you were very open and honest as as anybody that knows you would expect you to be. But you said, I'm not sure I can win out here again. You said that was something that really went through your brain. I think a lot of oh, players yeah. struggle with this. When you're thinking that way, again, I mean, I know that you're not probably thinking it shot to shot, but no. when you're in that moment and you're in contention in a tournament, how are you able to kind of block the thought out that I am not sure I was going to be here again, or how do I even close this thing out since it's been four years? How are you keeping those things at bay? Um, I think because I was like fortunate enough to have that one win where I was like, okay, I'm not like trying to get that first win where I gotcha. still feel like that monkey's on my back of like, is that ever going to happen? What's going to happen? So I tried to just pull from that experience of being like, okay, like you've done this before. So let, let's try and do as much as we can to get into that like good mindset, you know, the good vibes, good feeling it. Like for me, it's just kind of like a frame of, mind of how do I keep myself as calm as I can because I am a pretty I can get pretty anxious and I, I have a lot of energy like it may not be visible to people watching and I'm sure there are a lot of players that say the same thing but internally it's like wheels are spinning lots right. of thoughts are going on you know how do we how do we manage to get through the next hour and a half without just like totally like spinning off into la la land of just too much bad stuff so um I think it's just and some of it's timing and luck and it's just like, okay, how am I swinging this week? What are my, what are my swing thoughts? What are my keys? Like, are they consistent? Am I sticking with them? Are they working? You know, like, I think when the process is really working, you are in that element and you can perform and you can do it. And you have a lot of times that that does work and it may not even result in a win. Like, let's say just someone outplays you, right? Which is normal. It happens. But I think when you have that perspective of like, I did this the right way, the best way. And you try and build off of that and just try to get there every single time. And sometimes that'll result in being good enough. And sometimes it might not be, but I don't think you can look at it as like uh, taking a loss as much as just getting outplayed. What was the moment that you went from solid amateur golfer, collegiate golfer to I'm going to give it a run? Because I mean, you, I think you qualified for the U.S. Open at 19. Is that right? I did. That was a little, like, I was in way over my head. I got to Saucon Valley and I was like, oh, wow. Holy crap. <laughs> did you this nerd out like, that week? Was oh, that a I week did. You know? I was, oh, yeah, that was good. a bad week. Good, I was good, like, good. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> I should be watching this on TV, but here I am. And, um, you know, I was at Vandy and Greg Allen was my coach. And my so, man. yeah. And he had a relationship with Lorena from when he was at 
Arizona. So he was like, why don't we set up a practice round with Lorena? And I was like, okay, great. And then it happened. And I was like, whoa, this is just like wild, you know? Um, yeah, it was, it was a definitely a learning experience. Um, my first U.S. Open as an amateur, it was cool. But um, no, I, I think I shot like 80, 80. And that was the rest of the history on that. But um, so what 19 year olds should shoot yeah. in U.S. Open to be fair, no, to be fair. Well, today I look at these girls. Oh, and they're it's just incredible. Like, oh, I have six iron and I'm going to hit 190. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Those are the moments you feel old. Those I'm are the like, old where's moments. Where's my five wood? I'll That's right. A That's right. Cutty in there. one. I had a little cutty five wood. It'll be perfect. Um, yeah, but I think like my sophomore year got really consistent at Bandy, and then I was like, okay, this this may be a legit career opportunity. Did you feel that as a junior golfer? Like, did you feel no, like you? I don't know. It, okay. Growing up in New Jersey and playing junior golf, it was really cool, and I definitely don't think I would trade that. Looking back on it, you know, I played. Um, a lot of crazy weather, cold, rain, snow. Um, I played on the boys golf team, which was a lot of fun. It was just like a very unorthodox like route to um, college golf. But I think there were a lot of great learning experiences. Uh, but there was no way for me to have any sense of like my skill sets until I got to school to college. Uh, we both lost golf bags in 2022. Oh. Um, I was Yours going, was like a month, no? Yeah, it was. I, well, I mean, I got it back because the person found it at the freaking yeah, airport in Scotland, which is so weird. Um, I'm a schmuck that like <laughs> hopes to play some golf on the road when I'm working. Yeah, you have to play it for should. a living. What is it like when you're standing at the carousel at the airport and your sticks don't come out for tournament weeks? Yeah, I've been really lucky um, that that hasn't really happened to the point where it's been multiple days. Um, luckily this was the back end of coming back from Australia and I was pretty much in off season. So I'm like, I just hope they return to me at some I point. I want to see them at some point, right. At some point. Cause I was like, I really don't want to replace all of these clubs, but um, oh, it's the worst feeling. You're just like, they're gone forever and ever. Depends on the scenario, like internationally, like when you're traveling internationally, you feel like they could never, ever come back. Like that, that is a very real fear of like, they're gone. Someone's going to sell them. They're going to take my putter and my driver, my new TSR three. And they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to go out and just roast this thing. <laughs> Did you, that was, was that a Titleist plug in that the podcast? I'm very plug, impressed yeah. by that. Way Dang. to go. You see, listen, this is why everybody should sponsor Marina. She knows exactly how to play the game. Very well done. Uh, would you want to do media? I mean, I feel like you'd be so excellent at it. Maybe I've thought about it. It's crossed my mind. Um, I would, I would love a few more opportunities to, you know, do what you do and, and get on the other side of it. Um, I think because I really watch a lot of golf and I, and I enjoy shot making and like how to play and like all the different ways to play. I feel like, however, I know that on course is really, really difficult. Um, and as I've talked to some people and I, and I understand like it, it's hard, but I think I could have some little aptitude for it. Um, I don't know. It would be fun to give it a whirl in a very risk-free setting at some point or another. <laughs> it's always when you it's always when you beg for like the lowest rated event. My first yeah. college basketball play-by-play -play game, I was like, where is this gonna be on television? And they were like FS2. And I was like, perfect. That yeah, is the like, best is case scenario. <laughs> don't put it on Fox, don't put it on FS1. I want it where nobody's really watching. That's the key. That's where that's where I want to land. Um I mentioned Twitter earlier. How's your relationship yeah. with Twitter these days? Are you into it? Are you out on it? Are you dipping in and in? I'm in and out. Um, this whole Elon Musk thing is like 
relatively entertaining. I kind of just see what's going on and he's just like, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know how he tweets as often as he does and like works. He has <laughs> to have meetings. He's got to have so many meetings. Like I like, I'm like, where's this guy? He's got to be time? tweeting in his meetings. He has, <laughs> he has to, be. to be. It's like when you're doing a zoom with somebody and you know, they're on their phone and you're like, you're dead. You're not listening to me. So I still haven't decided if like, is it necessary to pay this $8 for verification? I like that was it. one. Oh, I haven't either. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I don't lose my blue check. <laughs> also, it's hilarious. That this is the thing my wife and I talk a lot about. It's we're like, we get really, really up in arms about eight bucks. And then it's yeah. like, I just ordered an Uber Eats for like, <laughs> like three days in a row. And you're like, I think I can, I think I can handle the $8 here. So I actually, this is like a little tangent, but I signed up for this DoorDash pass, which is like a membership to DoorDash. Nice. And they slash a lot of like your fees as you go along, you know, for deliveries and service. So I almost got like a Spotify recap from DoorDash. Oh no. <laughs> it was like, you have saved like $875. Dollars a year. <laughs> you're, you're like, this isn't a good thing. This just, like, you know, well, I know how much I, I guess, spent. I guess my $99 a year buy-in was worth it because <laughs> I saved $890 on extra service and delivery fees. And I'm like, that's sad. It's pathetic. <laughs> but hey, when you're on the road, uh, let's say, when do you get to a tournament? You get there Monday? Yeah, Sunday or Monday, depending on the length of travel to get where we need to go. All right, let's let's call them. Let's call it. You get there Monday. Sure. Obviously, you're leaving sometime Sunday or Monday morning. Yeah. Let's break down your your dinner situation. So, how yeah. many dinners are you ordering in? How many dinners are you going out for? It depends entirely on where I'm staying. If it's a okay. hotel, you know, it's a hundred percent of either like I'm probably ordering it in and maybe going out twice. If okay. I'm in a house, I will grocery shop and I will nice. cook probably 75% of the week. And then it's usually like either Friday or Saturday that you, everyone's tired and the week's been long and you're like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing the whole kitchen cooking deal. And then you just grab something, you know, take away or whatever. Um, but no, I love renting because I actually do enjoy cooking and it, it, it allows me to actually be a little bit healthier you know, eating out every, every meal is just really rough. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's funny that the, like the Postmates Uber Eats, like DoorDash yeah. thing has become such a thing. I, I will share an embarrassing thing I do on the road since you shared an embarrassing part about your life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I now, if I've had a long day of work and I just don't want to see anybody, I will now order Postmates or Uber Eats. And then I will call down to the front desk and I'll say, yes. if somebody brings it up for me, because, you know, they won't let you take yeah. the, like, they won't no. let the delivery person take the elevator. So, no. I'm like, if somebody down there brings it up, I will give them five bucks cash. Like, Perfect. that'll be a tip. And yeah. uh, then I could just avoid small talk out, you know, no, yeah. what are you doing tonight? Nothing. I'm in pajamas. Like, I just want to go to bed. I'm in sweats. Let's all leave each other alone. That just, now I don't have to even worry about it. <laughs> I love that. Move. Are you going to adopt this? Are you going to adopt this this year? I might adopt uh, this. You, can, you can use it. You can I use will, it. Uh, I will shout out when I do this. Please do. Please do. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about society for a little bit? Oh, okay. Let's go yeah, there. You want to talk what? about society. Um, okay. How has it been being someone that has kind of seen their, let's call it your Q rating. Let's yeah. see it continually go up over the last few years. And at the time, a lot of this stuff is changing and our world is changing. How, how much do you feel like you have a responsibility to say stuff about things that matter to you and that matter to the world and you feel like are important to talk about? And like, how much is that responsibility? Do you feel like it weighs you too much and you might not want to touch a certain subject because you feel like it'll bring on so much of the other yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's a good question. And and it's, it's, a, it's not the easiest answer because I think 
everyone has feelings on things and um you know you can't really judge a person for you know how they feel about something because right. not everyone's opinions are going to be in alignment with one another and that's like the part of who we are as people and that's why you know we have preferences on anything but it's to a point now where everyone is just terrified to say anything, anything. wrong anything at all really um so i think it it stifles the growth element of of not even being able to have constructive conversations i just wish that we could you know i wish that it didn't go to hate town all the time totally uh, and that's like twitter is toxic like that more than anything you know and i know from my own experience of stirring a pot knowing that i'm i'm going to but you if you deep dive into some of the comments you're just like wow where is that hate coming from like where why you know right. why um it, it's it's upsetting you know and I, there are some things where i just can't help it you know i feel so strongly i'm like i'm gonna take it on and then know that i'm gonna get probably more hate than i am going to get you know positive reception from it but if you know that going into it you know you kind of can shield yourself a little bit to what's expected but you know there are some things it's like if it's true to your character and you and you want to speak about it i i think you'd do yourself a disservice not um and everyone really uh it's just you have to sift through all of that crap that people are going to give you for whatever you want to say have you ever sent a tweet and then deleted the app right after so you didn't have to even look oh, at yeah. it yeah that's the best <laughs> oh, yeah. it's the best feeling in the world <laughs> I don't I'm even need to see the hate. Three days and I'm like, <laughs> it'll be over with. <laughs> come, come back my way on Wednesday, baby. I'm out. I have done that several times. I, I, actually, that's a, that's a that's a big move of mine. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I, I have I, no shame in it. Either. I I'm don't like, either. Oh. I don't either. Um, I'll come back. I'll like. It'll be like. 1000 notifications and i'm just like whatever that's right <laughs> i don't need to, to see settle. any of them i'll just we're, we're past it we're past it. it's like a bad beat in sports you're like just don't check your gambling account for like three days and we'll get back to it um you know it's it's very interesting talking to a player on the lpga because the last year in terms of golf conversation it's been entirely about money and the money mm. talk has been male golf now i mean i know purses have increased yeah. on the lpga and a lot of the major championships and that's worth praising but so much of the conversation in 22 was about money what was it like as an lpga player week to week knowing that was so much of the conversation what was it like in your circles and your conversations about it yeah, I think it's just, you know, they make so much money and that's great. I mean, it is. I'm hoping one day that we're going to be making close to that amount of money, but it kind of got laughable, if I'm being honest, when, when we have like, you know, PJ Tour live and like everyone's griping about like all this stuff and we joke out here and, and we're like, uh, imagine if like they have no idea. <laughs> like, uh, imagine if, idea. yeah. I mean, like when some of the players were talking about, like, I, I like, I want to do this for my family. And you're like, yeah, but you know, you, so you win the we. tournament, like, you make like two and a half million bucks. Like we got a, we got a purse finally to that number, you know, this year, yeah, it's just so wild. Yeah. It, it honestly, it is. Um, at, we, it's not even a point that it's frustrating for us um, because it is improving. We're going to get there. I have faith that it's going to get there. I think we just laugh at like their, their perceptions. And, and sometimes they're like, what is reality is a little bit skewed and that's okay. Um, they don't know any different really because they're playing for big bucks and they're now playing for even bigger bucks. So it's, it's, you can get lost in the perspective sauce is what I like to say. Nice. Um, but yeah, you know, we, it's, we kind of joke. We're like, Haha, these guys. <laughs> I mean, is that how the, is that how it was yeah. perceived this past year where yeah, it was like, well, we can't so. do anything else, but laugh no, we're not, we're not going to do anything about it. Like to, to start like, stirring again like pots of money talk and all that is just not even 
it's not even worth right. um, going down that route. You know, I think the best thing that has happened, I think for us, it's like, let's focus on our product, the LPGA, like, how are we going to get better? Is there op investment opportunity because of, unfortunately, the, the divide that's going on in right. men's golf? Like, how, how can we take advantage of this situation? Like, maybe there are new sponsors that are going to come our way because they want to do something different than, you know, what is happening in men's golf. You know, there, there are different ways to look at it where it's like, okay, maybe we can benefit from this in some way, not necessarily monetarily speaking immediately, but it might just change people's perspectives. It might make them want to tune in to watch women's golf a little bit more because maybe they just don't like, you know, all of the rhetoric that's going on in men's golf. Like, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's hard to look at it and not try and find some little bit of, of how can we weasel our way in there and use it to our advantage. Silver lining somewhere in there yeah. is they're making millions upon millions upon millions yeah. upon millions more dollars. It's uh, just keep saying millions. You just keep yeah, saying it over and over again. <laughs> I'm like, maybe we'll get a couple of those millions somehow, some way. <laughs> Have you felt the popularity of the LPGA grow like internally so. with yourself and yeah. over the last years? I think years? so. And I think um, we've had some really good star power in the last, you know, three or four seasons, uh, you know, with Nelly, with Danielle, with Jess, Lexi, uh, Jin Young, you know, all of these Lydia's playing phenomenal golf, Minji, you know, it's just, I feel like we have a little bit more of like people recognize these players now individually. And I think that's a huge deal for us as far as growing a fan base and, and people wanting to tune back in. It's like, oh, I, I know who that player is, you know, as opposed to just not really having a clue. Um, so that really helps kind of retain um, viewership for, for women's golf. Which player floored you in person playing with them? Um, in the course of my entire career? Sure. Um, that's a good question. I, want, I, I will say the times that like, and she's not really playing anymore. Yanni was probably one of the most okay. unbelievable ball strikers uh, on a female golfer that I've, I've ever seen. Just I mean, the compression, the long irons, the driver, it, it's just, it's incredible. Um, it, it's sad that she's really not playing much anymore because I still think she would be like an unbelievable draw. Um, and I mean, I didn't, I, Michelle, we is a great friend of mine and I, I mean, we're the same age, but like her life trajectory is just right. so different, you know, like where she was at at like 15 and 16 is like unbelievable when you think about it relative to like any other 15 or 16 year old. Ever. Um, Ever, but you know, I, I, when I play with her, there still see some of those shots that she can hit and the short game and everything. It's like there's just some special, special talent out there. Um, and and I do think Nelly is also one of those players that it's she's just got like it. she's got it. And Lydia has a short game that like I've never seen on anyone. So there are some really cool things if you get an opportunity to watch it. So you, uh, you're at a hotel room. It's Tuesday. Yeah. You're opening uh, DoorDash. Uh, you're going to mm -hmm. lean on, obviously, you know, your elite status there. Yes. Uh, what are we looking <laughs> for first? Like what's, what's number one hope the restaurants available in this town? Uh, you know, that's a good question. It's usually something like Thai is like a usual, okay. like safe go-to um, where I'm just like, okay, let me try this out. If it's good, I'll probably order it again, like later yeah. in the week, kind of test the waters. Zoe's Kitchen is a big one for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, Chipotle always kind of, kind of, Chipotle, kind of lean on that. Yeah, I'm kind of grown out of the Chipotle. It's like you can only have it so many times. So I'm like, okay, I need, I need <laughs> to find something new. Um, <laughs> See, you are yeah. maturing. You are maturing um, and getting older. Blaze Pizza is a good one. Oh, or like, what a great call. 
Yeah, that's a solid one. I, I, that's, I know what I'm getting and I can just do what I want and I can do something different every time, which is great. So, um, goals for 23, um, do you write them down? Do you have them in your head? Do you do that kind of stuff? No, it's funny. I, you know, was talking about this recently and I, I think like physical health is like a huge goal at this point, you know, just staying healthy feeling like physically fit and play. like every week that I step out there, I want to feel as close to a hundred percent as I can. I think that's a huge goal. Just results aside. I think results will come if I feel like I'm in like a good mental and physical place to go out and play. And I'm not distracted by other things. Um, I really would love to have some better results in majors. Like I would love to just stay in that hunt a little bit longer than I have at any point in my career. So I think those are, definitely some things I'm looking forward to. And we have great venues and it's just going to be, it's going to be really exciting. So I, I would love some game to show up for that. The venue improvement has yeah, been like the coolest part over the last mm -hmm. couple of years, in my opinion of golf, like yeah. the LPGA majors have just, they just taken it to another level. And I, and I have to do, I'm going to plug, I'm going to do a shameless plug do again, it, do but it. Um, no, I, that PGA of America, KPMG, they really put that, forward you know we're going back now at like since 2015 right? right you know when we started playing Westchester and, and that's like at the beginning stages of how long I've been on tour they really moved the needle on all of that for the USGA and the RNA to step up and be like we need to provide better venues for these major championships and they have been and it's been great and obviously the purse increases and all of that have followed suit but um, it starts with a course you know you get a great course and people want to watch and then you can spend more money and make more money. So it, it's, I really think that pursuit of better venues by PJ of America has helped us tremendously. A lot of people ask um, who your dream foursome would be. I want mm, your nervous, sense. I want your nervous foursome. So oh, like you're playing foursome. golf, like you were talking about earlier, like yeah. running across a PGA tour player, or maybe a famous athlete. Who yeah. do you think if you were going to play golf with three notable people, who would be the most nervous you'd be in a foursome? Who do you think that three would be? Tiger for sure. Okay. Um, hmm, maybe, maybe Rory, even though he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. I, I mean, it'd be, it would be, I think it'd be intimidating to just like watch, watch. the tee shot on one. Yeah. You're like, oh, I, wow. Same. I know. 40 <laughs> down the middle. Cool, man. Um, I always feel like it'd be, I'd be really nervous to play with Obama because I'd really want to oh. make him laugh like yeah. early on. <laughs> and if I didn't get any chuckles early on, I feel like I would just be trying to go to the well way too often. Yeah, that's, that's fair <laughs> that I didn't even think I didn't even think outside of golf. I'm strictly just thinking like other golfers. So, so we just... got Tiger and Rory. Who do you think's third? Is it Spieth? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like he's, he's just like, like too like normal. relatably normal, yeah. even though he isn't where you'd probably um, end up riding in a cart with him or something, you know, and you'd be like, yeah. this is cool. Maybe Rom. I don't know. Oh, seems... that's a good one. Yeah. He seems like a sneaky, like a little intimidating. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know these guys. This might be a new game we play on the podcast from now on. What force would make you the most nervous? This is uh this is how we're gonna go about it. Um, before we let you go, who's gonna win the Super Bowl? Hmm. Uh, I mean, give me I, your I, give me your Super Bowl matchup, maybe. I mean, I would love, 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 love to see the Bills win the Super Bowl. Okay. I think. I mean, even before everything that has just happened with DeMar, right. um, they're a fan base that just desperately deserves a Super Bowl championship at this point. Um, so that's like always who I would want to win. But I, I mean, I love Joe Burrow. I think the Bengals are awesome. And I think they've got a really, they have a good team and they can, they can do it. 
Um, and I sneaky, like you can't roll out Tom Brady. So I, I, I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to make a, they're going to make a little run here. I think the year they won the Super Bowl at Tampa Bay, I remember I bet against them in the, I guess it would have been the NFC championship. Well, game. when they played against, oh no, they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl right, that year. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I remember, I don't even remember who they played in the NFC remember. championship game, no, but it was, either. but I might've been, it might've been the Packers maybe. And I remember I bet, okay. oh, I bet you're right. against them. Yeah, for and I was Rogers like, to be, what yeah. the hell was I doing? Oh. This guy's Tom Brady. So I promise you, I will not be putting any money on the Dallas no, Cowboys because, in this game. No, because they can totally dust the Cowboys. Like they yes. can. I mean, the Cowboys are so not consistent enough to even put any money on that. And then I don't even know who their matchup would be after. Would it be like the winner of the 49ers? I think it's Eagles if they win. I think if they beat oh. Dallas, they get the Eagles, get I the believe. Eagles. Okay. So. Who knows? They, yeah. they could they could win that. They could be. They could be. By the way, we're we're now we're now carving out a path for Tom Brady to win another Super Bowl. Awesome. I'm happy with just it. What, just what like, just what the world needs. Just just <laughs> what the world needs is more Brady rings. Um, uh, Marina, I appreciate it. Uh, anything you Thanks, have? Shane. Any question you have for me? Anything you got? Anything you want to? What's ask? your hat of the day today? This is Boston Golf Club. Nice. Love Can you it. see it? But one yeah. of the best best modern logos. Uh, I like one that. of the best modern logos out there. I I love. Yeah. Uh, I love this logo and love this golf course. Shout out to Gil. Are you going to come to the U.S. Open at Pebble? Yes, I will be at the Sweet. U.S. Open at Pebble. Awesome. Um, I hope you win the U.S. Open at Pebble. I hope um, so, too. That would that'd be, be really cool. Sick. Yeah. Uh, hey, what would you – here's my question. I've always wondered this. And this is uh, – it's Pebble-specific. Okay. Mind you, I've never played there. So. Okay. So you, okay. you know. I mean, you know the golf course. Like, yeah. 18, Ocean on Lots the left. Lots of Tiger out of, Woods golf. Out, yeah. of, out of bounds <laughs> on the right, right? Yeah. What does the lead have to be? For you to feel comfortable hitting driver off the tee on 18. Like, oh, not, I mean, five. you're a pro golfer, but, like, I just feel like I'd go Phil's route of hitting four iron like he did in the Pro-Am that one year. Like, yeah. Is it five-shot lead you feel comfortable hitting driver? I think I think five, yeah. Okay. So then you can hit two in the ocean and, and still yeah. make, like, <laughs> like seven or eight and win. This yeah. is, by the way, this is why I didn't make it as a golfer. This is what this exact conversation. The fact that I'm entertaining this conversation doesn't say much about me. Either. Listen, it's a long way from now. We got a long, <laughs> a long way. I would not ask you this question the week before the U.S. Open. I promise you that. But when you win it, it by five, we'll bring this back I on, will a, talk about on the socials. Um, where can people follow you and all that good stuff? Um, Instagram at Marina with multiple A's and several D's, uh, Marina D, and then Twitter. And that's like, that's all I do. <laughs> just Twitter and Instagram. Just Twitter and Instagram. I have no idea what a TikTok just, even is. I have the app on my phone, never <laughs> created an account. My no. agent tells me to create one every week. I never do it. And yeah. uh, he'll probably yell have, at me about saying this on the podcast. I do have a uh, Facebook fan page that I run with one of my sponsors um, that people can can follow me there. But it's not, it's not as... Um, it's not as interactive as like Instagram or well, Twitter is the most interactive because if it comes down to it, I will probably direct reply to some people depending on, on the topic of conversation. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> the world we live in. Just, you, you, you can respond to the 40th ranked person on the planet earth at a craft and they'll go, let me DM you back. DM you you back. a-hole. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> right. Mostly if you are being an asshole is when you yeah, get the pretty reply. Much. Um, awesome. Great. Have a great year. Uh, thanks for this. Thanks, we'll do Shane. it again later in the season. Absolutely. Sounds good. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Marina Alex. Uh, one of my favorite people in professional golf in general, player, broadcaster, media member, anything. She's very fun, entertaining, and I hope you guys got exactly why out of that interview. Now it's time for a little different, uh, I'd say, right turn, left turn, whatever you want to say. We're going to go to Rusty Reynolds. This is a, a friend of mine 
we've been best friends since we were kids. Um, he got married this year. I was his best man. It was a big honor of mine to be involved in any capacity with his wedding, to be called best man of that guy uh, was something I will hold from me for a long time. And uh, he's a buddy of mine that comes on our yearly golf trip, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But you know what? It's my big golf trip of the year. It's the one I get the most excited for, and damn it, this is my podcast, and we're going to spend you know, 10, 15 minutes talking about 16 idiots going to southern Arizona and playing golf for a few days. So that is what's next. To uh, wrap up the podcast today, um, and for the first time in, in many a years, I, I, I've had a podcast since 2016, which is kind of wild to think, and I've never had um, my best buddy Rusty Reynolds on the podcast that is changing right now. Rusty Reynolds, welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. Have you ever done a podcast before? Never, never, ever have done a podcast. Last time you were involved in media, when do you think that was? Uh, I would have to say probably back in 2014 during March Madness when I cussed on uh, TV. It was on some local <laughs> news network in Phoenix. We'd been at a bar for uh, just way too long, and they wanted to interview people, and uh, Rusty was one of the people they picked. And so um, Rusty and I go way back, been buddies since we were little, little kids, and uh, we just completed our sixth trip to Tubac or Tubac, Arizona, depending on how you pronounce it. We go to the resort there. Uh, like I said, we've been doing it for six years. The first um, time we did it, what was that, 2018, we had 10 of us, and now we go yep. at 16, and we play eight on eight. Actually, our team – Rusty, uh, we're on the same team. Our team won for the first time this year, which was very exciting. But I wanted to ask you, I mean, you know, thinking about the trip, because you were on the first one as well back in uh, in 2018. It's our favorite week of the year. Everybody talks about it. We get very excited about it. I, I overdo the merch. Why is it so special to you? Man, uh, so I got, you know, I got invited out to this in 2018. And I, I mean, it was with several of your buddies that I didn't even know. And Man, it's the only time that I get to see a lot of them, and it's just, it's just a great time. It's a great hang. I mean, it's good golf. I mean, we've never had bad weather. I know. Uh, we've been so lucky. Don't jinx <laughs> it now. Gosh. <laughs> it's just, uh, man, it, it's just so good. It's, it, to, to be around people that you don't get to see very often, and then the fact uh, that uh, you get to throw golf in there, and honestly, man, it's all great dudes. 27 holes at the resort. Uh, we kind of split it up. One of them is a little bit tougher. That's where they filmed a lot of the like early scenes of 10 Cup, the movie. Uh, they've got signs and, and movie posters and stuff all around the resort, and it's awesome. But you said it, and as we get older, I mean, you just turned 39. I'm 39. You've got a baby on the way uh, in like two weeks. Um, so just got the trip <laughs> in, baby. We just got it in. Yes. Uh, you just got Thank married uh, late last year. I mean, a lot of life happening. And as we get older, I think one of the reasons that the trip's so special is when you're younger and the responsibilities are minimal it's not hard to get together i mean that that's something that you do when you're in your 20s and th early 30s is you get together a lot you go watch football on sundays and you might meet up on thursday nights and like you used to play softball all the time and you know i'm playing competitive golf here and there and playing pickup hoops and as you get older and you know you get married and you start having kids the idea and thought of that is uh not so easy and the fact that there's 16 guys that are as jazzed to go to a place as you know anybody else in the group. I think you you nailed it when you said that's one of the special parts is the fact that we get to all hang out and pick up right where we left off and enjoy each other's company and basically play golf sun up to sundown in a relatively competitive format. And it's 
you know, you can't wait to get back out there the next day. I mean, I think that's – it's funny too, Rusty. It's changed from going to two back and partying with golf involved to now going down there and golf is the first part of it with the partying kind of second and third. 100%, man. Dude, <laughs> we were talking about it this past weekend. And, uh, you know, first year we go down there, we're staying up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe <laughs> having some beers or two, uh, you know, playing dice, playing, uh, playing cards. And there was not one time this uh, this past weekend everybody wasn't in the rooms past eleven thirty. <laughs> we did. We, we all... didn't make it. We didn't make it till the next day ever. <laughs> like nobody saw twelve oh one. Right. I mean that that was not a thing uh -uh. that happened. Uh uh. Um, not one. To, not one. Do you, do you have a highlight from this trip in particular? Did you have a moment that uh, that you'll remember from like twenty three that uh, maybe adds into the catalog of of the two box trips in the past? You know, uh, I, actually, there's probably two. One of them is uh, both came on Saturday uh, playing the singles match against Ashton, uh, who's their number one. And, you know, people don't know uh, he's a uh, he's a plus handicap or, or a scratch. And I'm a I'm an eight handicap. And I was down three uh, through ten and I came all the way back and uh, and make birdie on uh, on number 18 to uh, think like a 20 footer for birdie to. <laughs> to close it uh, and win two up. Yeah, so. well, ho hold on. Now, before you get to the birdie putt you made, because the, the hole you're talking about, it's a par three. It's an island green. Um, from the back tees, it's, you know, a nine iron or a wedge. Um, from the tees you were playing, is probably 130 yards. But can you tell what happened on the green prior, uh, which, again, <laughs> kind of plays into the competition side of things and, and the fun of, of going against a buddy? Yeah, so so hole sixteen, I go I go one shot up, so we get to seventeen, and I'm getting a shot, and uh, I'm in for a five, and uh, five for five four. For four. Ashton's putting for birdie, runs it by like four four and a half feet, uh, so he's got this four and a half footer to come back for par. If he misses it, matches over, and I tell him, say, hey man, um, go ahead and pick it up. You're good. He's he looked at me, he was like, what? I said, man, I want this. I want this last hole to count for something. <laughs> and then what'd you do? And then you make it two. And then you make like a thirty footer and yell so loud everybody at the bar heard you, which was uh, which was very uh, apropos of the week. Yes, yes, yes. I can't. I don't want to repeat what I yelled on the on uh, this thing because. Uh, so yeah, it yelled um, and it was uh, it was a great time. I mean, what was it, the second moment? Uh, second moment had to be when me and you uh, get. <laughs> Well, me and you get to play in uh, two other buddies, uh, me and Austin Sneds, and uh, uh, we, we're scrambling, and we tend to sh we go to shoot eight under uh, through nine. And uh, just uh, it, it, crazy enough, we didn't even kill them. They, they weren't I out. know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so our buddies, you mentioned them, me and Austin Sneds. I mean, you know, 15 to 18 handicaps. Um, we were playing match play, two-man scramble. They were playing tees up in front of us. And uh, they were getting a shot a hole, which I would say going into that match, I would have probably handicapped that incorrectly. I would have said we were relatively heavy favorites. I was talking to our buddy Greenberg on the phone yesterday, kind of explaining to him what went down with that. And before I even told him how the match ended up, he goes, I'm not sure there's a big heavy favorite in that match, right? And um, yeah, we shot eight under and, and won the match. You made a long putt on the last uh uh, to to win us a little bit of dough. Um, but I, I would say a good piece of advice for anybody doing a big guys trip, and we do this, and I think it's one of the great parts of the trip, is the competition side of the entire trip ends at lunch on Saturday. And so the afternoon of Saturday is 
Go out with whoever you want, no matter what team you're on. Play whatever match you want to play. Don't play golf. Ride around in the cart. Drink. You know, whatever you feel like doing, Saturday afternoon is yours. And a lot of people say it's their favorite part of the trip is is that relaxed atmosphere of Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just – it, and we you get to get a couple of guys who are going against each other, Some of, then some of them team up to be on the same team. Because uh, I think there's a couple of them that uh, – They've been have they've had the same match going on Saturday afternoons for the last four years now. So, and uh, keep going after it. So, Rusty, uh, you and I had a good week. I mean, our, our team won. You know, we got the winning head covers. First time that that our team has won, uh, whatever you want to call it, the two buck cup or whatever. Um, you were talking a lot of trash going into the week. Uh, you continue to talk a lot of trash throughout the week, and then when the matches end, how will the Rusty Reynolds trash talking continue over the next eleven months? Well, you know, uh, I just want to make sure these guys know that uh, uh, we are some uh, woodcutters. We just like to chop down trees uh, for Team Woods. And, uh, you know, I mean, sorry about the bad luck. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's unfortunate. Um, awesome. Well, I, I think it was a good recap. I mean, I think your first uh, podcast appearance, I think you nailed it. Um, you didn't ever turn your camera on so I could never see your face, but that's okay. I just spent, you know, five days with you and I saw a lot of you, I slept <laughs> in the same room with you, uh, heard all the noises that we all make, but, uh, I mean, you know, it's crazy. Like we talk about Tubac a lot. My wife was rolling her eyes the other day because I was already talking about merch that I want to get, uh, ready for next year when we're, you know, a year away from it. I was thinking about it in terms of children, Rusty, and this is where it's going to be weird for you, but you know, at Tubac last year. Charlotte was not born, you know, and I mean, now mm -hmm. she's crawling around and pulling herself up and your baby to be born in two, three weeks will be nearly a year old at Tubac next year. And I mean, when you think about it in terms of that, it is so wild uh, because a year is a long time, even though it doesn't feel like a long time, but uh, we already are starting to get the, the text messages on the countdowns to uh, Tubac 24. So very excited. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Kowalski who just kills it uh, for creating us a countdown and, and updates us every about three to four weeks uh, oh, early in no. the year. It has to I be mean. soon. It's got to be. <laughs> it has to be a week, weekly thing. You think it's every three weeks? I, so I think it's every three to four in the On first average. part of the year. I got you. I yeah, got you. yeah, yeah. Then then when it gets uh, when we get into the about the under 90 days, under 100 days, that stuff comes quick. Every couple of days, I agree with you. Um, and uh, and there are rumors, Rusty. I've seen rumors online. Uh, I've got text about it, but there's a rumor that you and I might have to team up again this year. So um, down the road, yeah. we'll uh, we'll see if there's other golf matches we can uh we can maybe go out and try to win. Hey, uh, down to do it. That is uh that is the famous Rusty Reynolds, the one and only Rusty Reynolds, and a uh, big congrats to Rusty. As I said, uh. Uh, they've got a baby on the way in the next couple of weeks, so that's going to be very, very exciting. Thanks for jumping on, buddy. Man, thanks. Have a good one. All righty. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Big thanks to Marina for taking the time. Uh, good luck to her in 2023. And, of course, shout-out to Mr. Rusty Reynolds. I will uh, post a Instagram story, if you're listening to this on Friday, of Rusty. You've probably seen him on my feed over the years, but if not – I will post an, an image on the uh, on the Instagram so that you have an idea of who you just listened to. Thank you so much for the support, as always. Make sure you're following me on social media, at Shane Bacon. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. And uh, we will be back next week with many more episodes and excited for 2023.